as one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Answer the Republic for which it stands. The Democratic National Committee is located in the Watergate office building. The burglars forced a stairwell door, then taped its latch open. Well, I'm not a crook. I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One nation under God. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. And you can see the two towers, a huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way. Good Lord, there are no words. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Title IX, the landmark civil rights law. It marked a watershed moment for women's rights when it passed in 1972. And the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. Legal Anatomy of Current Events, preparing for launch. Legal Anatomy of Current Events, launch sequence started. D-16, IU green to go, propellants pressurized. T minus 15, legal anatomy of current events. SC ready and green to go. T minus 14, FOS ready, green to go. T minus 12, S1C fuel tank pressurized. T minus 11, SC green to go. Legal anatomy of current events, green to go. T minus 10, internal power, green to go. LES ready for ignition. T minus 9, 8, 7. We have ignition. Five, four, commit for launch. Green, three, two, one. We have liftoff. Repeat, we have liftoff. Legal anatomy of current events, all for you. Now, on the air, target locked. Hello, America. Welcome to the Legal Anatomy of Current Events podcast. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollack. We are attorneys out of Denver, Colorado. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. As stated, we're from Denver, Colorado, and we do this podcast for you to break down current events and give you a legal analysis of current events as they occur. And we try to give you the legal components in an easy-to-understand format. Uh, some of it cannot be made so easy because of the legal formalities and the legal ins and outs and the legal nuances. However, we try to give you the basics of the information and try to make it interesting for you. We do it every week. We cover current events. And so we call it legal anatomy of current events. We, we want to try to break it down into its anatomical parts for you. We call it anatomizing your mind. So are you ready? Here we go. So, that, you know, this is part two. Last week, we talked about part one of the masterpiece cake shop cake uh, case, excuse me. And then we, we went over to and, and covered the uh, new 303 creative case the Supreme Court uh, is handling. And we're going to do part two today. So, as you know, at the end of the show, we're going to have our uh, American idiom of the day. We always try to have a little fun at the end of the show and our quote of the day as well. So you want to stay tuned for that. So this is part two. What did we learn? What did we do in part one uh, when we covered the Masterpiece Cake Shop case? That was in 2012. What did we learn last week? And you can listen to part one anytime as, you, as you'd like to, obviously, as you want to. And we're glad to uh, to do it for you. So, what did we learn well, last last week? We learned that the uh, the masterpiece uh, cake shop case was out of Colorado. There's an anti discrimination statute in Colorado, and it was alleged uh, that this this cake shop violated the anti discrimination statute by refusing 
to make a cake for a same-sex gay couple. And so that case went to the Supreme Court in 2012. It was decided, and the court basically kicked the can down the road because they held, they reversed the decision. He didn't have to make the cake, but they didn't rule on the merits, if you know what we're talking about. When lawyers talk about on the merits, they didn't discuss the substance of the anti-discrimination statute in Colorado. They just went around it, and they said that we're going to reverse this because the uh, uh, cake cake shop baker did not get a fair, neutral hearing in front of the uh, Civil Rights Commission in the state of Colorado. So we're not going to decide what the statute means or doesn't mean. We're just going to go around it and reverse it. So that's what they did. What did we also learn last week? 303 Creative also comes out of Littleton, Colorado, incredibly. And so there's two cases out of uh, Colorado. We learned that this is a case where there's not even real parties involved. I mean, usually you have to have a justiciable issue, real parties involved. There are not real parties. It's sort of like a hypothetical if you will, and we covered how weird and strange that is for the United States Supreme Court to take a case when there's no actual controversy in court where like one person is suing another. So we covered that, right? And we covered how do these cases get to the Supreme Court? We're not going to recover that today, but you're going to want to revisit that if you want to because it's a long road and it's a narrow road to the United States Supreme Court and very few cases get accepted, but this one was. 303 creative with real, no real parties and no real justiciable issue. All right, then we covered that uh, the Masterpiece cake, uh, case was decided in 2012 before the Supreme Court decided the case of United States versus Windsor in 2013 and said that the DOMA Act, Defense of Marriage Act, basically was unconstitutional. It violated the Fifth Amendment because because it didn't allow and provide for same-sex marriages. And then in 2015, we learned last week that uh, it was the Oberfell case where the Supreme Court came out and explicitly recognized, right, explicitly recognized same-sex marriages and said further, that if you are married in a state, uh, a same-sex marriage in a state, and you go to a state that does not recognize same-sex marriages, they now have to. Okay, that's where that's kind of bringing you up to date, and now we're on to part two. So, Brad, let's get on to part two. And and first of all, let's educate everybody on now. This case is before the United States Supreme Court. They're going to rule, but as you and I were talking in preparation for the show, uh, they really wanted this issue uh, for some reason, because they granted certiorari to hear it and decide it. Yeah, they did. And they, they, they obviously are saying they're going to make a statement. I, I, we know that we have different justices on the Supreme court now than we did at the masterpiece cake shop case. And so we have justices who, uh, are much more conservative, uh, in, in, in their way of thinking and in their, their opinions that they've given in the past. We know that, uh, they may also we can't can't get inside the minds of the Supreme Court justices, but they may also have thought the masterpiece cake shop just kicked the can down the road, and maybe they want to make a definitive statement, and maybe they didn't want to wait for an actual case to come before them. They wanted to take the first opportunity they could to make their statement as to what you can and can't do. Uh, quite frankly, I think it's it's very strange, and I don't really like. The, the fact that they're taking a pretend case or a pretend set of circumstances or a wide, broad range of circumstances that might fit within what they're doing. And of course, they can narrow it with their opinions. But on the other hand, I'm glad that they're, uh, they're addressing the actual issue that Masterpiece brought up instead of just uh, addressing the fact that he didn't get a fair hearing um, or didn't seem to have a neutral 
uh, uh, arbitrator making a decision. So it, it's something that you look at and you're trying to figure out what's going to happen. Uh, there's going to be backlash on whatever the decision is. There's going to be backlash. Uh, you have a, a large amounts of groups of people who are want to go either way, uh, that feel it's important to go either way. Uh, the fact that during oral arguments you could talk about and they did talk about all the different scenarios or what ifs is in and of itself an interesting fact because I'm, I'm wondering if the Supreme Court going to come out and say, well, in in our present case 303, we're going to now set the uh, the facts the way they are and these are the facts we're ruling under, or are they going to try and give some kind of general uh, policy of what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do within the Constitution when you're making laws. You know, Brad, and let's talk about that because we're going to get to the arguments that were before the Supreme Court. I think it's going to be eye-opening for you. But understand, this podcast is not a political podcast. We don't take a side one way or the other. This is non-biased, non-partisan podcast. But we might take on, and we do take on, very hot political topics, right? And so when we do that, we're giving you the legal analysis the legal analysis of what's happening on the on the case, uh, and you can decide what side you're on. We don't care what side you're on. There's plenty of venues to go rail against the other side or other people. This this podcast is to break down legally what's happening. Now, Brad, let's take the anti-discrimination statute in Colorado. That's the one that's an issue. <laughs> Incredibly, there's two cases now from, from the state of Colorado. And before this podcast is over, we're going to cover some states for you. You might live in Maryland. We're going to talk about you. We're gonna, you might live in Arizona. We're going to talk about you. New York. So stay tuned for that. Right. And don't forget, at the end of our show, we're going to talk about our American idiom. Right. We have a little bit of fun every show. And we're going to give you the quote of the day. It's always fun to do that. All right, let's go back to this. If you just said there was basically no facts, you're taught in law school that you have a decision, a court decision based on specific facts. Well, there aren't really any here because there's no controversy. Nobody sued somebody. Uh, nobody filed a discrimination complaint. This lady said she just wasn't going to do it. And so you, you really get the idea that, as you just stated, the Supreme Court really wants to decide this. But, Brad, explain to us legally. The Supreme Court can absolutely just overrule the Colorado statute, and then it becomes null and void, or they can change part of it, or they can make a narrow ruling. Explain that to everybody how they can do that. Well, the, the issue before the Supreme Court, as I understand it right now, is can a business refuse services to gay couples in the name of free speech? That's what I think 303 Creative is about. Uh, what's Supreme Court? What is the Supreme Court going to make it about? Is it going to expand on that ruling? Is it going to try to to identify uh, additional issues, additional information, a different additional statements, uh, or additional uh, parameters for what can happen? Because the issue is is what can uh, three hundred three has been saying they do not want to give its services to gay couples in the name of free speech. Uh, you know, Weiser jumped up and down saying, this isn't a freedom of religion. This isn't a religion argument. This is free speech. And the person who's making the 303 creative uh, websites is saying, I don't want to have to make or give my services or make my speech or make my, my websites uh, for gay couples, uh, propounding or expounding on or promoting gay relationships. That's what that's what seems to be the, the total framing of what it's about. Free speech. Right, right there. Not right. freedom of religion. That wasn't the issue. 
This was an issue of free speech. But free speech of not for gay couples. Right, and free period. speech of my religion says I, I don't believe in this, so I, that's my speech. It's kind of a kind of an interesting interesting argument. Yeah, because they base their free speech or they base the speech they're going to use on their religion. You know, so, okay, uh, when you start getting into that, you say, all right, you're going to base your speech that you're going to use on your religion, but this isn't a freedom of religion. It's really a freedom of speech because you should be able to make speech. So I guess what you should be able to do is actually in those websites, if you are, if your speech would be to, to make statements against gay relationships, would be to be able to come out and say, I don't agree with this, this website, or I don't agree with gay relationships. And can you do that? Right, but the Colorado statute and, and the statutes we're going to cover later in this podcast say you cannot provide, you, you cannot refuse to provide a product or a service, product or service to somebody based on their sexual orientation, race, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what we're talking about here. But and, what happens when that product or service is something that is your speech? Let's talk about that, Brad. Let's go back to the, to the masterpiece case. He said, "I don't want to make a. I don't want to bake a cake because it, it violates my my principles, my religious principles, and and, and so is baking a cake free speech." Well, so anyway, let's take let's take an example. If you just bake an ordinary cake with nothing on it, it doesn't say anything. There's no speech involved. But if you bake a cake that says something like, uh, you know, finally legal for same sex marriages, then that's kind of a form of speech. So so now let's go to creative. Well, Masterpiece Theater or Masterpiece Cake Shop made made perfect sense to me when they when they went back and said we're going to do it on on procedural grounds because basically uh, the facts weren't before the court at that point uh, because the the cake maker was not being asked to make any kind of speech or comment or even decorate the cake in a way that promoted a gay relationship. Uh, it was for a gay couple. But it was not, he was not being asked to make any speech or make any statement or expound any point of view or belief on that cake. It was just make a cake with a nice wedding cake, a, a run-of-the-mill, a neutral gender wedding cake that was going to be used in a gay wedding. Right. So, you know, that go, that, that's a step further. Can I make a statement or make something and then, and then once I've sold it, or as I'm selling it, then make restrictions on it where it can be used and for what it can be used. Exactly. And we're going to give you some examples of the arguments before the Supreme Court in the creative case, okay, that you're going to, you're going to love to hear those. Uh, but back to this situation, after Masterpiece, one more time, everybody, after Masterpiece in 2012, the United States Supreme Court said and recognized same-sex marriages, right, in the United States versus Windsor, they recognized it. And then in 2015, they explicitly recognized same-sex marriages in the Oberfeld case. So that came after Masterpiece. Now they've accepted this case, uh, the, the one for the, uh, the the creative on the website. Well, let's talk about 303 Creative. Now, here, here we go. Let's say 303 Creative says, I'm going to make four websites four websites that are for anybody to choose some. And it's just a website that promotes whatever, that promotes whatever it be. And I'm not going to do any more than just make the website and you can purchase one of the four websites. Okay, so the website can be neutral gender, can be, can be one where somebody walks in and says, okay, I want this website or I want that website. It's, it may be used to promote a, 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 a discriminatory or a gay couple type relationship, 
but it, 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 its content in and of itself is so neutral that you would never say that anybody's having to use their speech and, their, and, and be infringed on their freedom of speech to make the website. You mean create, Creative 303 then designs a generic website, nothing that offends your speech, and then you take it over as a same-sex couple and you add whatever you want. It'd be, it'd be a good. It's, it's, it'd be like a jewelry store selling rings. Okay, we're selling rings. Uh, we're in, it's not a product where you're actually saying this is for a gay relationship, it's for a straight relationship, it's for anything else. It's just selling rings. Can a jewelry store look and say, you have to tell me when I sell this to you, you have to say that you're not going to use this in a gay relationship. Can a jewelry store do that when all they're doing is selling a ring? They're not making a statement. That's the same thing. And that's where the problem comes in with the 303 Creative is, is how do, what set of facts are the justices going to apply? Because there are no facts. Because you can do, okay, we've got these four just neutral gender websites or, 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 or promotions that can be used. Now we go to the next step and you say, well, what about if the gay couple comes, calls up and says, we want you to make this little change to the, to the, to the website. website. We want you to make this little change to it. We want you to make these changes that promote now gay relationships. And, and she, she says, I don't want to do that because that violates my free speech. And can she say, no, I'm not going to do that. But I'm, that's and different. They than, say that's that's being prejudiced and, and bias. And and okay, so go back to the jewelry store when they're doing the ring. What if they want to inscribe, you know, "Dear Steve, I'll love you forever, David" inside the ring? Can the jewelry store say, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, not going to put that inscription inside the ring because that's against my free speech, and I don't have to put that inside there." Go down the street and find somebody who will do this, but I'm not going to do and it. And see, the masterpiece case in, case in 2012 did not cover the statute. It went around the statute and said there was no neutral hearing, so they reversed it, but they didn't cover the statute. Now, Brad, that leads right into what were some of the arguments brought in front of the Supreme Court on this creative 303 when they heard oral argument early part of December. I'll give a couple, you can give a couple, but are you guys ready? Are you sitting down, ready to go on this? These are arguments before our United States Supreme Court asked by our justices. One of them asked the question, well, Mr. and Mrs. Lawyer, what if a black Santa Claus was asked to take a picture of a child dressed in a Ku Klux Klan outfit? A black Santa Claus. Here's a child dressed in a Ku Klux Klan outfit. What about that? That was a question asked by the Supreme Court justice. What do you got, Brad? Well, I can give you another example as far as the Black Santa. Uh, you know, I, I see this as being something that can create a dilemma. I don't know if it fits into the 303. I, I, you know, when I look at 303 Creative, I go, how does this fit within it? I'm not so sure it does. Right. You know, where's the, where's the freedom of speech here? Or, or can, a, can the Black Santa say, no, I'm not going to do that because, uh, you know, uh, that my freedom of speech won't allow me to promote a Ku Klux Klan, and I'm doing that by you being able to sit on my lap as a Black Santa. I suppose that'd be the, the freedom of speech. But once again, this court's going to have to really stretch to apply those facts. Uh, a photographer asked to take pictures for the Jewish dating website, J-Date. Okay. That was asked in the oral, oral, oral argument. argument. Can a photographer be asked to take pictures for the Jewish dating website, J-Date? Well, okay, where do we get to the photographer's actual speech and creativity versus just taking pictures? And, you know, it, it, so it is a, a photographer being saying that, you know, I don't believe in the Jewish dating website. 
Is that is so? That, I'm not going to do it. Is that a discriminatory act? Is that a classification of discrimination? Religion usually is a classification of, of that. But can a photographer say, "I'm sorry, I don't do Jewish weddings"? Right. Another one was asked uh, about. One of the justices asked about, "Well, what if somebody doesn't believe in interracial marriages?" And of course, Clarence Thomas. One of the justices, he didn't ask the question because he is involved in an interracial marriage, but another justice asked the question, and then Justice Alito came out and said, well, I don't think that's relevant. I mean, this is an electric atmosphere in front of the Supreme Court asking these questions. Think about it. Well, you know, what is, what was Alito saying? I don't think it's relevant to talk about interracial marriages and whether or not you do a website for interracial marriages. Because what if 303 Creative was saying, well, if you're going to say I don't have to do it for, for gay couples, then I don't have to do it for interracial marriages either. I don't have to do it for anything that violates my right, my freedom of speech. Are we going to go that far or are they just going to limit it to sexual orientation? Well, another one asked before by, by a justice was, what about the marital infidelity website, Ashley Madison? That's a huge question. There you go. The marital infidelity website, Ashley Madison. To me, that one does come close to saying somebody with regard to their religious beliefs uh, are they are they supposed to if somebody is a, against a hundred percent against Ashley Madison's infidelity promotion website, right. website hundred percent against it and there and when Ashley Madison comes to them say take pictures for us or do a website for us and they say I'm sorry I cannot promote I cannot promote infidelity and that's what I'd be doing if I if I did this website. And I can't do that. It's against my religion. But taking the religious belief out of it, I don't have to make statements to promote infidelity. Well, it, should somebody be able to do that? Yeah, but the, 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 yeah, the friction here, Brad, is I don't want to make the statement. I don't want to create the website. I don't want to bake the cake. But there's a statute in a lot of states, and we're going to cover some more in just a second, a lot of states that said you can't discriminate like that. You can't refuse to provide a product or a service. There's, there's the friction. There's the friction right there. Absolutely. Can I refuse to provide a product or a service that somebody wants based on what I believe to be something that's inappropriate? And then where does that inappropriate, if that event is inappropriate or that, that, that subject matter is inappropriate, can I discriminate against it by saying I won't be involved with it? And if that's true, then the question comes up, does it then get within a protected classification? Uh, is infidelity a protected classification? Is marriage a protected classification? And is certain types of speech a protected classification? Certain types of speech a protected classification. And we could come up with hundreds of examples. Right. Hundreds of examples. What about an, an interracial school where they're going to have dances and they do one of these things where they line the boys up on one side and the girls up on the other side and they have them just walk across and do one dance with the person directly across from. And they say, that's the way we're going to break the ice for these young kids to start having a dance and to dance with somebody. And all of a sudden what they find is, is that you got a white boy that's going to be dancing with a black woman and they say... No, I don't do that because I'm not because I won't agree to well, that violates my religious that, beliefs that or my free speech or, or my free speech. Or what if they say, okay, we're going to line boys up on this side and girls up on this side, damn dance, and some and some of the boys look and go, I want to be on the girl side. Okay, so but, I dance with the boy. Exactly, exactly. But you you raise the exact point. 
So what is the United States Supreme Court going to do with this Colorado statute? If they strike it down in its entirety and issue a broad ruling, it's not only going to nullify the Colorado statute, anti-discrimination statute, but it's going to affect statutes in other states. So we're going to keep an eye on this. But Brad, let's let's you know kind of wrap up the show. Let's talk about some other states here that we've that well, we've researched. Well, just quickly though, yeah, I want to say I think these justices are not absent-minded and didn't think of these issues would come up. I think they took this case and they took it because they weren't happy with Masterpiece and they decided they were going to make a statement and they're going to make a statement. They're going to make a statement. I I don't think there's going to be another one where the can's going to get kicked down the road. I think it's going to be something that's going to be very, very telling as far as what our, our, our politicians believe in and what they believe in. And I think our justices, uh, the, 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 the way they're composed now back in 2012, it was different. But I think the way they are now, they're poised to come out with some some guidelines and some statements that are going to affect a bunch of these different circumstances. And I think they deliberately wanted a case that was wide open, that wasn't specific as to the nature, that was wide open and allows them to, to submit or identify facts. And we might find another four or five decisions, not well, that, just one. That's a great point. Uh, we're going to keep an eye on this one for you. But look, look, we're talking about the Colorado statute, but their decision might affect your statute. If you live in Arizona, right, it's, uh, you know, Arizona Revised Statute 41-1442. That's your anti-discrimination statute. Is it going to go away? Is it going to be banned in Arizona because they decided to strike down the Colorado anti-discrimination statute? If you live in Florida, you know, that statute 760.08, is it going to go away? Is it going to be modified? Neither of those statutes say sexual orientation. No, neither one do. Neither one of them. Now, if you live in Maryland, our research shows that, you know, that's uh, 20-602, and that talked about the police protection of the state and to assure all persons equal opportunity. But depending on what they do with the Colorado statute, might strike down the Florida statute or the Maryland statute or the Arizona statute. And and then when our research showed that New York has one of the broadest, the broadest anti-discrimination statutes we ever read. Broadest and longest. It's it and the broadest on and, and, on and on. Yeah, it took a long time to read it, but that that may go away. So we're going to keep an eye on this this case for you. All right, we may have to recover it later, but understand it depends on what the United States Supreme Court decides. They can do a narrow decision where they don't affect statutes across the country. They can do a broader decision where it might affect parts of the statute across the country in your state, Maine, Florida, Wisconsin. And they might say the whole thing is struck down because it is protected by free speech, at which time it's unconstitutional, and your statute might fall right into the unconstitutional basket. I'm going to tell you, get ready. Get ready. I I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be some statements made. I think the Supreme Court took this so they could address that. And I think it's going to be something that's uh, where the court's going to try and embellish on and expand whatever opinion it's got. And I think it deliberately wanted one where it could exceed the boundaries of any factual case or factual matters within the case. You know, you make a great point, a great legal point, Brad. So, uh, you know, if you want to get a hold of us, you just email us at info, I-N-F-O, info at legalanatomy.net. That's info at legalanatomy.net. I'm Gary Bell, along with Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We're out of Denver, Colorado. We're doing this national show for you. Our, our podcast is to break down legally and make a legal analysis of current events. It's a nonpartisan show, non-biased show. We might cover very controversial uh, topics, but we, we do it in a way to give you the legal analysis. And now let's get to the fun part of our show, Brad. We got, we're going to cover an American idiom and give you a quote of the day. What's your American idiom for America today, Brad? 
Well, I've got two. Oh, I got two of them. All right, here we go. Two. One is, and I, I think it fits within this, is, and I, I don't want to say this inappropriately, and I, st- I have a great deal of respect for the Supreme Court. But, well, let's just say it anyway. But, but I'm wondering if they're going to be spin doctors. Spin doctors. Spin doctors. You know, and you stop and look at what a spin doctor is, uh, figure out that idiom, and also understand that when they're, what they're doing, it falls under the, the old um, idiom of you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. You know, so stop and think about it. Are they spin doctors? Are they going to bre- are they going to make an omelet? And are they going to break some eggs? Incredible! You get two idioms for the price of one today from Mr. Brad Pollock. My quote of the day comes from an un- unknown source. Are you ready? The quote is: At any given moment, you have the power to say, "This is not how the story is going to end." At any given moment, you have the power to say, this is not how the story is, is, is going to end. All right, Gary Bell, Brad Pollock, our law firm is Bell & Pollock. We're going to continue to break down current legal issues for you on this podcast, Legal Anatomy of Current Events, all for you, right? We will see you next week.